morning. So if you have your Bibles with you and you'd like to open them with me, I'll be in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew and chapter 7. We'll be finishing up, as uh, has been mentioned a couple times, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. It is the largest block of Jesus' teaching that we have. And um, by the end of the sermon this morning, by the end of our time together, I'd like you to be able to answer this question, am I ready and ready for life storms that are coming? Am I ready? Do you know what it feels like to not be ready? Anybody know what it feels like to not be ready? I, I remember times I was not ready. And I'm embarrassed to tell you, like I don't want to tell you this, but I think it might get your attention, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you anyway. But when I was in uh, high school, I took French. I didn't want to take French, but my parents told me I had to take French. We didn't offer Spanish, so French was the only option for a foreign language, and you had to take it now, or you're going to take it in college, you might as well take it now. My parents made me take it. I hated it. I refused to study. So what do you think happened when it was test time? I was not ready. Do you know what Awana stands for? Approved workmen are not ashamed. I was ashamed. I was not ready. And when you're not ready, you do stupid, at least I did stupid, desperate things because I was not ready. And I still feel shame about it. It's still embarrassing. If I want to feel embarrassed and ashamed, I can still go back there and feel how I felt because I was not ready. You know what it feels like to not be ready? On the other hand, do you know what it feels like to be ready? Like, I am ready. I have done my homework. I have done the training. Like, you know what it's, maybe you've trained for a race, and you've done all your training leading up to it. You've eaten right. You've slept right. You've done it everything like you're supposed to do, according to plan. You're standing there on the starting line, and you are ready because... You've prepared because you've done your training. You know what it feels like to be ready. You know what it feels like to not be ready. We're going to talk about being ready for life storms. Being ready. We're finishing this series, as we mentioned, called Next Steps. And how this has gone is in early in Matthew chapter 5, first part, Jesus told us how to live a blessed life. And we said over and over again, Jesus is for your well-being. He is for your happiness on his terms. So he defines what it is that is blessed and what it means to be happy. And so when we repent of living our way and we do things his way, it is towards well-being. Then we said, if you do this, you will be different. That was like the next three quarters of Matthew chapter 5, you'll be as different as light is from darkness. And so every week I lit a candle and said, if you obey Jesus' teaching, you will be different than the world, as different as salt is from whatever salt is salting, as different as light is from darkness. Then we said, if you repent, like Jesus said, towards the good life, towards well-being, and then you're different, that will translate to having different life goals. That is Matthew chapter 6 where we talked about how you're not going to be a people pleaser. You're going to be a God pleaser. It will translate to different life goals. You're not going to store up treasures here on earth. 
You're going to store up treasures in heaven. You're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, knowing all these other things will be added unto you. Then we said, if you buy into that, let's say you buy it. You're like, all right, I am in. The first place many of us will start is with someone we love. You know, like, okay, that means you need to change, and you need to change, and you need to change. And Jesus says, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. Where you start is with you. Start, I will start with me. Was that first big idea? I will ask then, when we do that, we ask for help. What Jesus helps us with is in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, that whatever we desire other people to do unto uh, us, we do unto them. And now he's saying, you need to make a decision in these. So that's like nine months worth of preaching in about two minutes. So here we are, Jesus saying, you got to decide one way or the other. You say there's two different gates, there's two different roads, there's two different destinations, there's two different trees, there's two different kinds of fruit, there's two different kinds of people. Like, you got to decide. And not deciding is deciding. You got to decide what you're going to build your house on. Before we jump in, let's pray. Lord, we do pray that you would um, get a hold of us, help us decide again to build our lives on your word. Help us decide again to turn away from our way and choose your way. Lord, stand in front of me while I'm in front of, of, of them. Talk over me while I talk to them. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are where Jesus is inviting people to make a decision for the last time. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to read the white words, you read the yellow words with me, I'll start over. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the and the fell and the came and the I almost read it for you. The winds blew and beat on that house. That's quite the visual, isn't it? The rains are coming down. The floods are coming up. I can't help but do the motions. And then they beat on the house. But it did not fall because it was ready, because it had been founded on the rock. It had been founded on the rock. Here's the Here's the big thing I want you to know about Jesus this morning. Jesus said storms were coming. He said storms were coming. Storms are life events that shake our faith. Storms are life events that shake our faith, that beat on our faith, to use Jesus' language. The last couple of years, have you had any life events that beat on your faith? Some of us, some of us would say, man, the storm I'm thinking of was a big change, a change that I didn't want. I didn't want my life to change like it changed. And it might have to do with employment. It might have to be like where you went to school. It might be like something that happened with your parents something that happened with your kids, and you're like, 
man, that was not a change that, man, what changed for you? Like, in your life, what changed? That would be a storm, something that shakes your faith. Were you ready? Another kind of storm is like a loss. Terrible loss, shake your faith. Losses shake people's faith. They do. It's a disease, and stuff gets lost, so you can't do the stuff you used to do. There's a divorce, and there's loss, and you can't, you can't go back. Stuff isn't the same. There's a death, and and what do you lose? Who did you lose? It's a storm. It shakes your faith. It beats against your faith. Jesus said storms were coming. Are you ready? Another type of storm is temptation. You know, you know what it is to be tempted? Like, really, really tempted. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. But we're so tempted to seek other things, like storing up treasures here on earth. Like, it's, it's easy to make money a God, because money makes us promises. Like, I'll take care of you. I'll give you security. I'll entertain you. Money is, it's so easy to make money into more than it is and do unethical things to get it. Do unethical unethical things to keep it. I mean, we're tempted sometimes with money. We're tempted sometimes with sex. We're tempted sometimes to hold on to anger and hold on to bitterness and hold on to Resentment. You tempted? What are you tempted with? What's a storm that's come into your life that is beating against your faith? You, that you could lose your faith over this temptation. Jesus said storms were coming. You know, when, when we sit with people and, and they're so shocked and by like how hard this is and how their faith is like kind of wavering. I, I just want to tell you like in the pre-storm time, like in the quiet before the storm, if you're not in the middle of a storm right now, a storm is coming. Like don't be surprised when a storm comes. It's coming. Storms are coming. Will we be ready? Now how did Jesus say to be ready? Well, let me tell you what it's not. It's not just hearing. Did you catch that? In chapter 7, uh, verse 24, everyone then who hears these words, so think, oh good, well I got that covered. You know, I, I listen to, on Sunday when there's teaching, and then I have these podcasts that I listen to during the, during the week, and I come to church on Wednesday night, and man, I, I listen to lots of good stuff. And let me tell you, that's great, but that is not enough. What did Jesus say? Because the next guy, the foolish man, he listens too. 
It's also not just saying, because look up in verse 21, if you have your Bibles open, look up in verse 21. Now everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Same thing down here. Like, just saying it is not enough. Hearing it's not enough. Saying it's not enough. This is going to be uncomfortable. Praying it's not enough. Doing it. Doing it. When he hears these words of mine and does them. Does them. How do we get ready for the storm? We do what he said. And we build our life on the rock. Not just hearing, not just saying, doing. So my question is, like, are you doing what Jesus said? And if you're like, but I don't know what he said. Well, good thing we've been teaching through what he said for quite some time now. So you, you have a pretty good handle on what he said just in these last couple chapters. Are you doing? Did you just hear? Did you just say the right things? Or are we doing what he said? So you go through this terrible change. The change that you didn't want. The change that you didn't see coming. The change that is awful. The change that, that if you didn't have to go through this change, you wouldn't go through this change. How would doing what Jesus said prepare you for the change that you didn't want? Remember how Jesus taught us to pray? He taught us to pray, Our Father who is in heaven. And it would help me remember that no matter what changed, I know what doesn't change, and that God is my loving Heavenly Father. Hallowed be your name, not my name. I don't like this change, I don't understand this change. Help me glorify your name in this change. I'm doing what Jesus said because I'm praying what Jesus taught me to pray. And then what's the next phrase? Your kingdom come. So Lord, this is not my kingdom come. This is not what I want. I don't want to make this change. But I trust you because your kingdom come in this change that I don't understand and I don't like. And God, just be my heavenly father and your kingdom come in this hard change. And if you do that, it will help you hold on to your faith. You'll be building your life on the rock rather than on the shifting sand. What about when we go through a loss? Well, we can start. God, you are my Father. I'm just so thankful. And I know what I didn't lose. I didn't lose you. You're still my Father all the way through this. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And Lord, this is not my will. This is not what I want to happen in my life. I do not want my parents to go through this divorce. I do not want this disease in my life. I do not want them to die. But Lord, your will be done, not my will be done. And do you see how that could anchor your faith? No matter what storms come, my faith can be anchored because I'm doing what Jesus said to do and praying like he taught me to pray. You know, and when you're going through temptation, you'll be praying, God, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. God, I can see how, how this worship of money could lead me to being enslaved to the evil one. Lead me not into, like, please spare me this temptation. I can see how this sexual temptation could just utterly ruin my life. 
and the lives of those around me, it could really mess up. God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Help me with this. I don't want to be a slave to, like, deliver me from this. God, help me forgive. Help me get past the anger. Help me reconcile. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. You see how that would be doing what Jesus said, building your life on his word, would prepare us for the storms that are coming. And the storms are coming. Will we be ready? Okay? So the rain came down, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. One more thing before we move. When would it be a good time to start building your life on the rock? Well, um, w- let me ask it this way. Like, when should you start working on the foundation? Should you start working on the foundation after you get the roof done, after you've picked out the furniture, you know, you got the paint figured out, you know, you, you have some other stuff. When should you start on the foundation? First, yes, thank you. Thank you. Like, start early. So look, I'm going to look at you guys that are young. The way to build a great house is to get a great start. I'm going to say that one more time. The way to build a great house is to get a great start. The younger you are, please set the tone and the direction of your life now by building your life on what Jesus said. Please. This is the best time to start. Now, if you have a cracked foundation later on in life and you're going, you know, you're later on in life and you're like, man, I wish I would have known that then. Well, I think if you have a cracked foundation, what you need to do is stop what you're doing and work on the foundation rather than the other stuff because it's just hard to have a house with a cracked foundation forever. So wherever you are in this, please start with the foundation building your life on the rock, which is Jesus' word. Okay, so the storms are coming. Be ready by doing what Jesus said. Second, okay, so your job is to read the yellow words again. And everyone who hears these words of mine, okay, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. Go, look what I said before. Hearing is not enough. We must also do what he said. So everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and we all got to remember how we did it when we were kids, and it fell with a great crash, and great was the fall of it. And man, it would be funny if we weren't talking about lives. Jesus said, beware of, and I'm going to fill in the blank here in a second, but I've got to tell you a story first. So in uh, last month, last month I guess in February, Turkey and Syria had an earthquake. Do you remember seeing that on the news? Big earthquake. I read that 35,000 people died. 
between the two countries. And so many of them were homeless. So many of them were injured. Some of them, no heat, no place to live. Just terrific disaster. Terrific. Um, not in a good terrific, but like an overwhelming terrific disaster. Well, in 2019, during a campaign stop near the epicenter of the earthquake, the president of Turkey said, we have solved the problem of 156 citizens of Muras with zoning amnesty. You know what zoning amnesty is? I didn't either until I read the article. Zoning amnesty allows contractors to ignore safety codes that had been put on the books specifically to make buildings more resistant to earthquakes. 2019, the guy gets up there and says, we figured it out. We've solved the problem. We're able to build lots of cheap housing so that people can have a place to stay. And we did it by ignoring safety codes. Good idea or bad idea? Wow. Why would he do that? Well, because doing it right is so difficult and doing it easy is so much cheaper and quicker and like it's, it's easy to do things the easy way. But it is really dangerous to do things the easy way. Look, I'm not looking down at this guy because I can see from my own life how easy it is to do things that are easy and how hard it is to do things that are right. You got all these people that need a place to live and he's like, you know what? I can't solve it by doing what's right. I've got to solve it by doing what's easy and so he does what's easy. And you think, well, maybe he didn't know better. You know, maybe he wasn't from the area. You know, maybe, maybe they just hadn't had earthquakes that often. So during a 2013 presidential campaign, this is the president of, uh, what, who would become the president of Turkey, tweeted, buildings kill, not earthquakes. We need to learn to live with earthquakes and take measures accordingly. He knew exactly what their history was and what would happen in the area that earthquakes happen. And so he's, of course, criticizing his predecessors who took the easy way and built cheap housing rather than doing it right and building stuff on the firm foundation, doing stuff like it should be done, doing the hard right thing. This, I think, is building what Jesus meant when he said, when he talked about building on the sand. You do something easier than what Jesus said. You take a shortcut. And Jesus is saying, beware of doing what is easy. Because easy often leads to disaster. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't think of any time that I have regretted doing what is right even when what's right is really hard and really costly. But I can think of so many times I regret doing what is easy. Doing what is easy in the moment leads to destruction. So look, when you go through this big change that you didn't want to go through, 
What's easy is to give in to self-pity and self-medication and all kinds of selfish things. And she's saying, don't do that. Do what is hard. Pray your kingdom come. When you go through the big loss, what is easy is to give in to bitterness. What is easy is to give in to discontentment. What is easy is to get into whatever sin is your sin of choice. Don't do that. Pray your will be done. When you go through temptation, what is easy is to just give in to it. Do whatever feels good in the moment. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please, you know, I mean, so Jesus said storms are coming. So he gave us something to do, and that is do what he said. He gave us something to not do, and that is doing what is easy, building our life on the sand, taking shortcuts. Let's finish it. And when Jesus had finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. He's teaching them as one who had authority, like rock-like authority. He's teaching them reality, and they all could see it, and they all felt it. And they're like, this is what is real. This is what is true. So, because he's teaching us with authority, I want you to like have this in, my, in your mind of like, okay, if I'm going to remember one image of the whole Sermon on the Mount, as we wrap this whole thing together, as we try to bring the whole five through seven, three chapters together, try to pull it all together, I, I want to bring you back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time... Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I, I really believe this is the summary sentence of the, Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I think it's reflected here in this last sentence about Jesus' authority. So the one image that I want you to have as we leave the Sermon on the Mount is how to respond to Jesus' authority. Okay, so when you're thinking about doing things my way, doing things the easy way, my kingdom come, my will be done, as you think about all of that, and then you think about your kingdom come, your will be done, hallowed be your name. As you, as you think about that, as you kind of keep all of this in mind, Jesus' authority, I want you to keep in mind this idea of repentance. Repentance is turning, because the big idea is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's turning from my way, which is this is how I want life to go, and I'm mad that life doesn't go how I want it to go, and repentance is turning, and if this is my chair and I want my way, then repentance is turning and following Jesus and saying, your will, your way, I submit to you, it's all yours, I'll follow you. You do this because Jesus has authority because he is reality and he is life. 
So turn to him. Turn to him wherever this finds you. If you're sitting in the rubble of a ruined life and and you just look around and you see smoking destruction because the house has fallen flat, turn to him because there is forgiveness and resurrection life with him. He's offering you beauty for your ashes. Turn to him. Turn to him. If you're going, I don't know if what's lost. I don't, I don't know how I'll ever recover from these losses. And I'd say, what have you lost that he can't restore? Turn to him. And if you're saying, I don't know, man, the temptation is so great. I, it's just so overwhelming. Turn to the one who can keep you from falling. Please. You can't keep you from falling, but he can keep you from falling. Turn to him. Okay, so back to our initial question. Are you ready for life storms? The changes that are going to come, the losses that are going to be experienced, the temptations that you'll face, and whatever it is that I'm not listing that comes in to shake and beat against your life. How are we ready? Well, we do what he says. We don't do what's easy because we've turned to him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would pull us close to yourself today. Remind us that you are a loving Heavenly Father and that you want us to come home and you want us to find forgiveness, that you want us to find resurrection, life, newness of life. And Lord, I pray that you would do the work in our hearts that um, only you can do by the power of your Spirit. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.